Thanks for tuning in to the Revival Tabernacle Podcast. Wherever you may be listening from, we hope that this message encourages you in the unwavering, unconditional love of Jesus Christ. Join us as we reach sinners, raise believers, and release leaders. Please enjoy the message from the RT Pulpit. Heart is heavy this morning. But I know the Lord is going to see us through. Matthew chapter 28. Matthew 28 verses 19 and 20. And then also go over to Romans chapter 10. Verses 9 through 13. Matthew chapter 28, 19 and 20. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. And I'll read in your hearing. You can read along just to yourself. <laughs> Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples. Somebody say disciples. Of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit teaching them to observe all, somebody say all, that I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, <laughs> even to the end of the age. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and, of, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I command you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 13. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord, as the, your mouth Jesus as Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Y'all missed y'all good place to shout. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scriptures say, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. For there is no distinction between Jew and Greek, for the same Lord is Lord of all, abounding in riches for all who call on him. Verse 13, for whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Come on and put those hands together for his word. God, we thank you for your word. We pray today, God, that your word would do just what it says. It would set the captive free. Free those who are bound. Give healing to those who are sick. God, we declare your presence and your glory in this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Come on, put your hands together one more time for Jesus. You may be seated. You may be seated. Thank you so much, worship team. We appreciate the gift of Brother Chris and Sister Alex and Sister Renee and Maia and Renee and, and Rob Robin and Marley and Ann. I was looking, there she is, there she is, that's my girl. 
All right, it's just everyone who serves, all of our musicians, Brother Deron, Brother Mike, and Brother Derek Buford, who is filling in for us today. We just appreciate everyone. Thank God for all of our sound technicians, Brother Don, Brother Matt, who's back there, and Brother Jazz, and Sister Kathy, who is recording our services, making them available on audio for us so that we can hear the Word of God uh, over and over and over again. Amen. And for all of you, I want to talk today, um, and, I, and I'm, I'm not going to be long, but I, but I want to be very practical uh, in what we are going to talk about and discuss, and um, hopefully you can leave here with some um, practical steps in how the Lord is wanting us to move forward in our faith. I want to talk today about beyond the walls of church. Beyond the walls of church. I thank God for Brother Lucky, praying that God continues to heal his body. Thank God for you, my brother. Thank God for you. Thank God for you. Beyond the walls of church. Let me just give this, this idea that I have in my head that I want to give out to us because I think that... Um, Who's on those screen for me? Will? Will? Perfect. Will, can you pull up the screen that has our new vision, our, our, the vision of the church, the beautiful one that you designed, the purple one with the words in white? Because I think that, that I want to draw us back to what the Lord has given us to do as soon as we can. I don't know if you have it or if it's in another format. We'll get it up there in just a moment because I want you all to see it so that we have it. But if we get back to the mindset of, again, 100 people, engaged, 100 engaged people that are serving locally, that are uh, supporting globally. But here's the thing, seeing a thousand souls saved by 2020. 1,000 souls saved by 2020. I think that in order for us to really understand how God is going, because see, sometimes we think about organizations and we think this is what God is going to do in the organization, for the organization, and we don't really have a clear understanding as to what my role is into how God is going to use me in bringing about this vision to pass. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Okay, so there, there we have one of the people, engaged people, serving locally, supporting globally, seeing a thousand souls saved by 2020. And I said this when, when on Vision Sunday at the top of the year that, again, I don't believe that this is 1,000 people saved by 2020 that will happen just solely in this church. But I believe that what the Lord... Is, is, is requiring of us is for us as the church, not the building, but the people, for us as the church to have, a, to have a mindset of we all must do our parts collectively in order for us to see a thousand souls saved by 2020. Now, that's going to happen. Yes, we praise God and, and, and I'm praying every single week that God, you would 
anoint what you've given me to say so that hearts would be touched to receive Christ into the hearts. And when we extend an altar call, maybe you're here today and you're not a born again believer. You haven't yet received Christ. I said yet receive Christ into your heart. We believe it and we're going to give an opportunity for you to do that today. But I, but I also believe that we as the church need to be an extension of what happens here on Sunday morning, taking the gospel of Jesus Christ into the world. After all, that's what Jesus commanded us to do. We just read it in Matthew 28, verses 19 and 20. Go, therefore. In other words, he didn't say invite, therefore. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. And yes, we want church growth. Yes, we want people to come, but you know what? And I was so happy. I was so excited. You know, the triplets, they came to me and they said, I brought my friend from school to church. I brought my cousin from ter- to, to church. And, and, and they're over in children's church and they're excited about bringing people with them to, to enjoy what they're enjoying, to experience what they're experiencing. And, and I praise God for that. And there are many of you who, uh, Tim and Ginger, they, they invited uh, uh, two couples to church here a few weeks ago and we had the real bad snowstorm and half of y'all wasn't even here and 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 and, and, and and, and two, two couples, two beautiful couples that they had invited, they showed up, pressed through the snow. We still had church. Some of y'all thought church was canceled uh, for whatever reason. Now, can I just tell you something? The doors of the church are always open. Unless y'all get some type of communication officially from us that we're going to be because it's just too bad. But let me tell you something. We were here. And, 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 and they came. And let me just tell you something. That is always good. But can I just tell you something? He didn't say invite them. He said, go. Uh, can I tell you this? God never told the world to go to church. But he did tell the church to go to the world. And if we can just get this in our hearts and in our minds that every single day we have a responsibility. It's not just a Sunday thing. It's not just a Wednesday night in the word thing. This is every single day. If you bear the name of the Lord upon your life, you have a responsibility. And here's the responsibility. Here's this idea that I have in my head. I I said, everyone is called to make disciples. Everyone is called to make disciples. Therefore, everyone should be ready to share their testimony. Everyone is called. Based on what we just read here, Matthew 28, 19 and 20, Jesus said, go therefore, make disciples. Every nation, teaching them what I've taught you. If everyone is called to, be, to make disciples, then, then therefore everyone should be ready to give and share their testimony. Somebody say testimony. I used to get real discouraged because I would hear people as I would grow up and I, I, I grew up in the church. And I mean that Literally. I mean, I was there Sunday morning for Sunday school, Sunday morning for service, Sunday night for night service. And God forbid we had to go somewhere to a visiting church. We were there for that visiting church at four o'clock. And we thought maybe, well, well, maybe since we went to somebody else's church at four o'clock, we ain't got to come back for seven o'clock service. But lo and behold, y'all know lo and behold. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Lo and behold. Lo and behold, we were back there at seven o'clock, back at our, sometime we had four services in one day. And that was just on Sunday. 
Then we came back for Tuesday night Bible study. Came back for Thursday night choir rehearsal. Came back for Friday night uh, pastoral teaching. And then, and, then, and then we got to, or if we wasn't doing a fundraiser on Saturday, selling chicken dinners and fish dinners with spaghetti on the side. Y'all know what I'm talking about. And then we were back to do it all on Sunday. I mean, I was raised in church. And then don't let a guest preacher come to town. Let me tell you something what happened when a guest preacher would come to town. My grandfather, David Eubanks, he would feel the unction to have a revival. I mean, if, if the service was good from that guest preacher, he would say, can you stay tomorrow night? And guess what? He would call a revival for the whole week. And we would just be there Monday through Saturday, all the way through. And I don't know what was on the preacher's schedule, but he said, yeah, I'll do it. And then he was tricked into just being there all week long. And sometime that one week revival turned into a month revival. But guess what? Many souls got saved. People came to Christ. People were delivered and set free. People were baptized with the gift of the Holy Ghost. But guess what? Just because I was raised in church didn't mean that the church was in me. And I would hear people give their testimony. And I mean, some people got amazing testimonies. Anybody in here ever heard of a good testimony? I mean, I mean when, you, when you listen to people that I was shot five times. I used to sell dope. I used to do this and that and the other. But God turned my life around. And here I am today. And I was like, man, I don't really have a testimony. I don't really have anything that I can say. I mean, like when I, when I hear what they say, I mean, I've, I've never been shot. God, I, I didn't like loud music because I just felt something was going to happen. I didn't know what was going to happen. Fearing for my life. I, I don't know. I, I don't know. It was a complex I had. But, but, but that's what would happen. I, I, I would think to myself, man, I don't really have a testimony like that person or this person. And God, how are you going to use me if nothing bad has ever really happened in my life? And I, I thank God for people who have gone through things in their life and God has turned their life around and now they can stand and declare how great God is because what he has done for them in their life. And that's wonderful. But then I thought about myself and I say, what am I going to say? What am I going to say? I mean, I was... I was in church all my life. And God says, that's what you say. And the fact, and though that, and the fact of the matter is, though, though I was in church all my life, I was not really in Christ all my life. I knew God through grandmama and granddaddy, through my mama and my daddy, but I didn't really have a personal encounter with him myself. And the testimony relies on the fact that though I may have been in it, I wasn't of it. Though I may have had the church experience, the church really didn't have, though I may have had a hold of the church experience, the church really didn't have a hold of me. And I began to share about how it was. I'll never forget it. It was a December night. It was in my second semester of my freshman year in college that I felt like I had an encounter with God. God entered my, my dorm room and he revealed himself to me personally. Grandmama wasn't there. Granddaddy wasn't there. Mom and daddy wasn't there. It was me all by myself. I had told them that I was not coming down to the revival that was going on. I told y'all we had a lot of revivals, a lot of revivals. It was, it was a revival going on back at the home church. 
And they called me, you coming down? You coming down? I said, no, I'm not. I got a paper to write, tests on next week, finals are coming up for that semester. I was not coming down. And I was there in my dorm room and I, was, and I began to type up this paper. And all of a sudden, I heard an audible voice of the Lord as though someone was in my room with me. I can't make this up if I tried. And the voice said to me, it says, I thought you said you loved me. I'm looking around, and he said it again. I thought you said you loved me at that moment. At that moment, I began to have what I later, later came to know, an out-of-body experience. And I, and I began to hear myself have a conversation with the Lord. And I said, why are you still here? After all the ways that I've disappointed you, after all the ways that I've let you down, you have told me to do this and I've done the exact opposite. I have given myself in ways that I should not have. Why are you still here? And in that moment, I saw a vision of the hand of the Lord where that had the nail print. And he said, you have forgotten that this took care of all that. I'm talking about a, my own personal encounter that I had with the Lord. He says, I was hung up for all of your hangups. At that moment, I got myself together and I was crying. I was weeping. I began to wipe the tears from my eyes and I went to the bathroom. And when I turned the light on, I noticed I had blood on my hands. Looked at my face. I hadn't bumped my head anywhere. There was nothing bleeding, no nose or anything, but there was blood on my hands. And I turned on the faucet and I began to hear the Holy Spirit say, just as you're washing this away, so have I washed away your sins. This was my personal, my personal, my, my very real encounter with the Lord. And that's when God began to shape and to develop my personal story that became my testimony. Did I do everything right from that point on? Absolutely not. But I was more aware, more keenly aware of what God was doing in my life. I left my dorm room because I kept hearing the Spirit say, go, go, go. And I knew exactly what he was talking about. He, they wanted, he wanted me to go down to that revival. It was already late. Service already started. I went on ahead and jumped in my car, drove down 94, and I walked into the service. And the, the, the evangelist had just gotten up, and, 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 and he got up, and he looked at me. As I sat there, he looked at me over the podium and said, answer the call. Just like that. That was December of 1997. Never will forget it. That was the day that I fully gave Christ my heart. And that was the day that I answered the clarion call for God on my life. It was very clear. There was no dispute, no discussion. I wasn't confused. I knew exactly what it was from that day forward that God wanted me to do. That's my testimony. That's my testimony. It may, listen, I still hear testimonies that are like, man, God did that for you. And it still blows me away. And I sometimes still get insecure about telling mine, but guess what? God says, don't you dare stop telling it. 
as many times as I've shared it, as many times as I've said it, it may get tired to me, but guess what? God always puts me in front of people where they've never heard that story before and it's brand new to them. Can I tell you something? It doesn't matter how long you've told your testimony, how many times, how many years you've been in the way or out of the way. It doesn't even matter. None of that stuff matters. Let me tell you something. You keep on telling your testimony. You keep on sharing what God has done for you. You keep on declaring the goodness of God in your life. Because let me tell you something. Somewhere somebody is listening and they're going to hear what it is that God has done for you. And they may be in that same exact situation. And what God has done for you is going to give them the fire and the encouragement to know that God can do it for them. Come on, somebody give God some praise. It's time for us to share our testimonies. We have to share our testimony. Look at somebody and say, stop being silent. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Shout at them. You, you got my permission to shout at them for this moment. Say, stop being silent. Begin telling what God has done for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, we have been entrusted. We have been entrusted with this message that means the difference between death and life. So we must go beyond the walls of this church. One of the things that used to boggle my mind after I began to really look at it and understand it is that we would have testimony service in church. Oh, how many, how many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Come on. On, on, on Friday night in the little storefront church, we had testimony, sir, giving out to God who's ahead of my life. I want to thank the Lord for being here tonight. I want to thank you for my pastor, my first lady, the deacons, the missionaries, all saints and friends, the conductor or conductress of the service. I Truly, I thank God for all he has done for me. And my soul cries out, hallelujah, when I think about the goodness of Jesus. Anybody know what I'm talking about? And we would give testimony, sir. We would have testimony. People would stand up and testify or sing their song unto the Lord. We would have testimony service in church. The more I began thinking about it, I said, you know what? It's great that we have testimony in church, but I think we ought to have testimony service outside of church. Because see, the, because see, the real people that need to hear our testimony are those people who are far from the Lord. Yes, it's good for us to be built up and we overcame them by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. But can I just tell you something? Your testimony is that much more powerful out there than it is in here. The work and the effectiveness of what your testimony can do for believers, it, it's a completely different work of what it can do in the life of a non-believer. Let me give you some very, very important stats. Can I give y'all some stats? I don't give a whole lot of stats a whole lot often, but when I read these in this research article from the Barn Institute, it just, it just floored me. According to Barna Research, Barna is a big research institute for Christians, for the church all over the world. Watch this. Only 4% of unchurched adults, 4% of unchurched adults were invited to church by a friend and actually went. Watch this. Remember what it says. 4% of unchurched adults were invited to church by a friend and actually went. 23% 23% were invited but declined. 73%, this is going to blow y'all mind, 73% were never invited at all. Never invited at all. If God has done something in our life and then he has given us the command to go into all the world, 
and make disciples. And, 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 and check this out. There are a number of reasons for this. First of all, get this, not all Christians have relationships with non-Christians. It's very true. Many people in church tend to surround themselves with other believers. And they may form a few uh, deep relationships with people outside the church. But secondly, and this is what really got me to thinking. Secondly, even when they do develop these friendships, watch this, many Christians lack personal or practical conversational skills for talking about God. Many believers lack practical conversational skills for talking about God. We can talk about a whole list of other things. Talk about pottery, talk about crocheting, talk about cooking, talk about working out, can talk about social media, can talk about uh, uh, the internet, can talk about relationships, can talk about leadership, can talk about love. But very few of us really have, really, really uh, 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 possess the practical conversational skills for talking about God. It's a scary. See, Christians often don't have the skills or the confidence to have low-depth spiritual conversation with people who have different beliefs. I was talking with a gentleman the other day, and that he was another believer, another pastor, actually. And I and 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 I, I I told him what I was doing later, but I purposely kept saying, "Yeah, but, yeah, but." Anybody ever had a conversation with somebody and they kept saying, yeah, but mm, this, or yeah, I hear you, but, mm, and then they that. Most times people get so frustrated with people that, that continue to say that, they shut down and stop having those conversations. Y'all ain't hearing what I'm saying today. Can I tell you something? We are in a generation and a culture today where your, your regular churchy and, and Christianese cliches are just not going to cut it. You're going to have to provide some real, factual, Bible-based answers and solutions for dealing with this generation. I've been, I've been blessed for the last month and a half or so to be the youth pastor here at Revival Tabernacle. And this past Wednesday night, every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock, let me just get my little shameless plug, every Wednesday night at 7 p.m., if you have a teenager in junior high or high school, bring them here. We have a wonderful time in the Lord. And this past week, we were engaging in a conversation, and one of the young men, he says, and I, and I, and I, I promise I won't, I won't ever do this, but I asked permission from him if I could say this, because I just don't believe in, in sharing what we talk about in youth group, because that's a very private moment. And our, and our youth, especially our young men, they're growing. They're, they're growing. I can see the, in their eyes. They're engaging, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. But one of them asked me, he says, what, do, what does it mean when people ask you, do you uh, believe in God? Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? And I said to him, I was like, you know, I would go back and challenge them because I would take it a step further, see, because see, it's not so much about, what, about if you believe in God, it's if you're a follower of God. Because, see, there's a whole lot of people who believe in God. Oh, yeah, I believe. I believe. Oh, yeah, I believe. But does that belief lead to them following what it is that he is instructing them to do? 
And so we began to engage and have a real conversation. And then he left there equipped. I mean, we went around the circle and, and, and other young people and other, some of our other youth leaders began to interact and share and, and give insight and wisdom, biblically based wisdom on how to actually respond because he had a conversation with a man at a Coney Island <laughs> while eating cheese fries. Chili cheese fries, to be exact. I said, Lord, that sounds really good right now on this. Focus, 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 focus. I'm down 15 pounds. Just this year. Last year, I ended the year down 10. Now I'm down 15. I've crossed over from the dark side. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Still got a long way to go. So, don't, so please don't tell me that I'm looking good. Don't tell me that because that will stop me. Y'all, y'all, y'all don't act like y'all I'm the only one because y'all know when somebody gives you a comment, you're like, well, I'm looking good. I might as well go ahead and beat this piece of fried chicken. 11 herbs and spices. <laughs> but listen to me good. Listen to me good. There is, hmm, thank you, Holy Ghost. So we're asking people to make an invitation when we say, hey, invite somebody to church when they don't really have relational foundation. It's like, it's like kissing before the first date. What an awkward moment for both. If there's no relationship, how can there be an invitation for ministry? Get this, write this down. Ministry flows out of relationship. If you don't have relationship with someone, there's no way that you can minister to someone. Well, if you've not taken the time to get to know me, why do you think I'll go to church with you? See, many people who are invited to choose not to come, you know, part of that 23% that we talked about, that we referenced, check this out. It's because they, have, they may have had a negative experience with Christians. Whoo! Can I have an honest moment? I, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Um, <laughs> I remember, you know, Bill Collector called me. And I'm just upset, you know. Because they just, why haven't you done that? I can't give you what I don't have. (laughs) Kept calling, kept calling, kept calling. Finally, you know, I I got some money and I called them. Now, it wasn't the amount that I owed, but I'm I'm, I'm calling to see if, listen, maybe you'll work something out with me. Put this down and we can set up some arrangements. And and I mean, they they, they were so nasty with me. 
I'm like, I'm trying to pay now. I couldn't for the years before, but now I'm trying to. And, and, and but well, sir, you know, we didn't, we didn't know this. And, da, 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 da. and I mean, I got so upset. I just hollered and I just, I, I screamed. I said, you know what? Fine then. You're never getting my money. I hung up on her. Show them. And the Holy Spirit said, pick up the phone, call her back and ask for her and apologize to her. Said, Satan, get thee behind me. Is that, that's not, not at all what I'm about to do. Holy Spirit said, you, you need to call that number back. You need to ask for her. Well, God, I don't even have her number. Well, listen, tell them, look up your information in the system, and they have a record of who talked to you last. Holy, see, the Holy Spirit knows how to just wipe down every, every obstacle that you try to put up. He just, psh, psh, down, boom. What you got to say now? Damn, what you going to say now? No excuse. No excuse. I called back. I said, listen, I don't even know the person, the lady who I talked to a moment ago, but can you look at my file? Here's my, here's my account number. Here's my name. Can you just look up my file and, and maybe transfer me over to her? Hello, this is a sudden such. Man, we just talked on the phone, and I, I yelled at you. You didn't deserve to be yelled at, and I hung up the phone on you. You didn't deserve that. I'm sorry. You know, I said I was convicted within my spirit because of what I know and what I believe. And I, I was prompted to call you back and tell you that I'm sorry. And she said, wow. I get cussed out. I get hung up on. I get called all type of names every single day. And nobody has ever said or apologized to me ever for saying what they said to me. Thank you. And I could hear the crackling in her voice as she began to respond to me. And I felt about this small. Because, see, you know, that very well could have been my open door to take it even further. But I mean, I felt so insecure after what I had done. I was just ready to just get off the phone with her. But how many people know that could have been an opportunity for me to extend an offer Christ or to witness and administer hope and just to let her know that, hey, though, though she may not like her job and she may not like what she does and, and, and the kind of interaction that she has with people isn't always positive, but that God can still, you know, touch her heart and give her the, the strength and the fortitude to do what it is that she's been called to do on that particular job. And sometimes we have these interactions with people that we don't know. But can we be honest? Sometimes we have these interactions with people, people that we do know, that we do see every day, whether it's on our job, whether it's in, even in our home. And we don't respond positively to the voice of conviction that begins telling us and prompting us, you got to go back and do that over again. You got to go back and make sure that you fix that, fix that situation. Can I tell you the reason why? Your attitude affects your witness. Your attitude affects your witness. Some people are angry at God. It's the reason why they'll never come to church. Some people have 
unanswered questions that they, and that's the reason why they'll never come to church. Some people even often see church as a place where they simply go to be told who God is, what to do, how to live, and not to mention when to give their money. And many of us said, no, have we been in places and churches where that's, that's what we hear. Money is the, is the primary subject. Oh, come on. Y'all know what I'm talking about. Come on. Come on. Say, money coming to me now. Money coming to me now. Well, get in this line and give $500. Man, I thought you said money cometh to me. Now my money is going goeth to you. And then, and then and people leave church because they hear that one statement and, and not knowing that, that maybe there have been some teachings prior to and the whole congregation is behind it. But in that moment, they didn't really get it. And so in their mind, they're like, wait, this is confusing. Oh, this must be what it's all. My, my auntie told me about this. I'll never be back here again. Ultimately, ultimately, we need to ask ourselves and hear me good. And I really want you to hear the heart, my heart in this. Because I prayed about even putting this in here. It says, ultimately, we need to ask ourselves whether attending a church service will really meet the needs of the people that we're inviting. Yes, yes, yes. We are praying that God would add to this church so that we can continue doing more of what God has called us to do. But can I tell you something? Sometimes an invitation to church is not the first thing and the first step in that conversion process for that individual. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Sometimes your first step is, hey, can I, can I take you out for some coffee for, or, or, or for tea? Can we just sit down, have a conversation? And can I tell you this? The conversation is not you talking. The conversation is you doing more listening than you are talking. My grandfather told me, he says, you know, you got to use these ears that you have. He says, that's the reason why I like to just let people talk. Because then I become twice as smart. Because <laughs> I know all that they know. And I still know all that I know. <laughs> but I believe true. It's the, old, it's the old catchphrase, you know. God gave us two ears and one mouth. So we should listen twice as much as we speak. I believe that. And a lot of times, there is this word. There's this word that is probably just as scary for the Christian as it is the non-Christian. Can I give you this word? It's an E word. Y'all ready for it? Y'all ain't ready. Y'all ain't ready. I'm, just, I, I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and say it. This, this word is frightening for both believer and non-believer. Evangelism. Evangelism. This is <laughs> this is a word. It's probably one of the, the, the highest of church values and yet the least practiced. And I believe that 
we probably need to, from this day forward, take, put a different spin on that term and look at evangelism more from the aspect or from the perspective, are y'all hearing me good? Replace them with another E word, engagement. Engagement. Let me tell you this story and then we're gonna close because I wanna pray specifically for some things today. I have a special appeal for us to do something for one of our seniors and widows here. So the other night, I was at the barbershop. Um, every Thursday night, I used to get my hair cut on Friday morning, standing appointment. I try to keep myself lined up sharp for Courtney so she can always want me. Um, <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying, you know. Um, Thursday night in the barbershop, and this guy walks in. He has his, he has his, everybody, anybody ever ate from the bread basket? Oh, feel like shouting right now. It's almost, bread basket has amazing sandwiches, amazing deli sandwiches. And he had this corned beef sandwich. And I just tell you, it was looking so good because I mean, I've never seen the mustard glisten off of that thing like it did Thursday night. I mean, the mustard was kind of just dripping down the front of it. The bread was buttered and toasted so good and he must have act for double meat because it was stacked high and I mean it was blessing my eyes and I said man where'd you get that sandwich from he said bread basket bread basket like man it looks so good I, but I gotta stay focused and I said yeah you know I, I'm, I'm, I'm on this new eating lifestyle where I'm really have to be disciplined so I can really start establishing a better eating habit and so you know, my doctor, the physician that, I'm, that I was seeing about this, he told me, he said, listen, let me give you all this information for free. He says, I'm going to retrain you how to eat. I said, all right, cool. <laughs> he said, when you go to the grocery store, you're going to shop the perimeter only. <laughs> I began thinking, I began thinking, I said, wait a minute, you know, the only thing that's on the perimeter is... Well, I, well, no, I really began thinking about everything that's not on the perimeter. I was like, wait a minute, now I'm Frosted Flakes? That's not on the perimeter. All my juices, that's not on the perimeter. Oreo, chips, not on the perimeter. Grains, fruits, vegetables, meat. And these are, here's the second layer. When you're shopping the perimeter, for this time frame, you're going to only do organic. Okay. Now, I've already, you know, given my money, so I got to go through with this. So I'm sitting there in the barbershop Thursday night, and he has this good-looking corned beef sandwich, and I'm, like, salivating. And uh, he said, he's like, you want a piece? I was like, no, nah, man, I'm good. I'm trying to, <laughs> trying, to, <laughs> try, trying to stay focused. And I just, I, he said, he's, yeah, I said, because, you know, I'm, I'm trying to lose weight. All of a sudden, just with that one statement, it grabbed his attention. He was like, you doing what? I said, yeah, I'm, you know, I'm losing weight. I'm, I'm already down, you know, 15 pounds on the program. And he was like, man, man, tell, tell, me more, tell me more about what you're doing. So I told him, went a little deeper into some of the things that I'm doing and just how I'm managing my eating and the portions and everything else. He says, man, see, I got to drop 15 pounds because, you know, my job, you know, 
they, they charge me $600 a week for every pound that I'm over my weight. So it didn't even, didn't even, I, I, I kind of, I was like, man, I mean, that's, that's a lot of kind of job you got. But I didn't, I didn't say that. I just kept talking to him. Just kept talking to him. And he was engaged. And he says, well, why do you, why are you trying to lose weight? I said, well, you know, I want to be here longer for my family. I want to be more active with my girls. You know, really want to be more attractive for my spouse. And, you know, I really want to take serious the call that I have to, you know, minister to God's people. And he's just like, wow. I said, and I, then I began talking to him about things that I preached to you guys, you know, weeks ago when we were talking about parenting. I was like, you know, God really began to talk to me about this, about parenting, about, you know, I really, my goal, my new mantra for my life, it's all of my Twitter handle. It says, I just want to be famous in my home. I, I just want to, I, I want to be the best that I can be for my daughters, my wife, mama. I, I want to be the best I can be in my house. And he's just fixated. He's just like, Man, that's so good. And he's just typing stuff in his phone. He's just going and going and going. He was like, I said, you know, the reality for me is I want, and I, I told him just what I told you guys, because I'm, 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 I'm re-going over this stuff. And he says, I, I said, yeah, I want the people that know me the best to respect me the most. I said, it has to, be, it has to, be, it has to start with every area of my life and being more disciplined in these areas, in, in, in my study, in what I consume, in, in, in what I say, and in what I do, how I speak to them. And after a while, I said, man, can I just ask your name? And he gave me his name. I said, oh, man, pleasure to meet you. So it's time, my time to get into the chair. And... Uh, he goes to get his hair washed because he's coming in the chair after me. And my barber says, hey, pastor, you know who that is, right? I said, no. He said, and I'm not going to give his name. He said, that's such and such from the Philadelphia Eagles. They just won the NFL Super Bowl. I said, wow, you know, I don't, I don't, you know, recognizing football players is not the easiest thing to do because they wear helmets. And I don't follow the game. I watch the Super Bowl, right? And he says, yeah, you know, uh, he was when he began to tell me about the post-game interview and what he said. I said, oh, I remember him now. Talked about his wife and his little girl. And when he came back from, 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 from the person who washed his hair, came back in. I mean, he's, he's just sitting there. He's like, man, can you just talk to me some more? Because that's what I'm dealing with right now. I, I want to be, I, I want to look past what I do right now. And, 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 and be more focused and more intentional about my relationship with my wife and my daughter. And it all happened because of engagement. Of having a simple conversation about me losing weight. And why I'm trying to lose weight. Sometimes... We can be in a place, whether it's at the doctor's office, whether it's on our job, whether it's at the barbershop or beauty salon, or whether it's getting your pedicure or manicure done, and we can be so bogged down with everything else that we got going on in our world, the moment somebody tried to talk to us, we, we quick to shut it down. You know, we pick up this.
and we give them quick answers so that they can see that I'm doing something, so stop talking to me. Y'all ain't saying nothing to me. Some of y'all even go as far as to have a fake conversation with nobody on the phone. Oh, y'all, y'all gonna act like I'm, y'all gonna act like, no, nobody has, nobody's ever done that. You getting ready to walk past me, but you don't want them talking to you, so you, you, you fake like you talking on the phone, but you don't really talk to nobody, and then the Holy Ghost blow your cover by having somebody call you. All right, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. Have mercy on us, Lord. This is the practical point that I want us to leave here with. Engage. Engage. Say it with me. Say engage. I'm going to purpose in my life, in my heart, to engage with people. Maybe for you, it's engaging more with a family member, maybe a sibling. I've been guilty of it too. Sometimes we can get so caught up in our, in our world and with our own family that we don't even make time for our brothers and sisters that we grew up with, that we were raised with. Let me move over because there's some more folk that probably never step on some more toes trying to get by this pew. <laughs> but this is what we need to do. We need to make the time to have meaningful interactions and engage with people because you never know how it's going to lead to you having an impact, a long-term, better yet, an eternal impact on their life. So my prayer is that we would be open when the Holy Spirit is talking to us, ministering to us, telling us this, that, the other, boom, 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 that that's an opportunity to do what Jesus talked about in Matthew 28, to go ye into all the world. I think what he meant when he gave that first level of go, go and just be there. Listen, observe. And then find those areas where you can make a connection so that you can make disciples. And that you can then begin teaching them the things that he has taught you. And then there's going to come a moment. There's going to come a moment. Listen to me good. There's going to come a moment when Christ will say, now it's time the door has been opened, the way has been laid, and they're ready to receive me. And you can then go to Romans chapter 10, verses 9 and 10, or 9 to 13, where it says, when they say, man, how do you have this joy? How do you have this focus? How do you have this drive and, and determination to you know, be, be a better husband for your wife, be a better father for your children, be a better this for your community, and, th and this, that, and the other? And you can then tell them, listen, one day I accepted Christ into my heart. And at that moment, things weren't all, all automatically peachy keen and perfect, but you know what? He began making me a new creation. He began making me a new person, 
started with my heart and things became new for me. Would you like to have that happen for you? And I guarantee you, after you have established that relationship, one of the most, and I'm going to say this and I'm going to be done. I have found that I have probably, um, since I've been, I can't say that because the Sunday mornings kind of skew things. Okay, I'll say outside of Sunday morning, (laughs) I have led more people to Christ, watch this, during premarital counseling sessions. Because I get asked from people on Courtney's job, my job, I mean, just from all over, because I, you know, I've, I've been a lot of places, seen a lot of things. No, <laughs> um, but I get asked people, hey, 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 we're, we're, we're going to get married. Can you counsel us? I say, yeah. I sit down with them, and I, I know that, 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 that they're not following Jesus. I know that, but I'll still sit down with them. And I'll go through the first session. And I always have a point because I want to gain that trust and gain that relationship. And I'll have moments where I'm emailing both of them or texting both of them or calling both of them and seeing how they're doing. By by the time we get to our next session, you know what ends up happening? I say, you know what? I just got to ask you. Have you received Christ into your heart? Because what we're going to continue going through deeper really has biblical foundations and principles behind this really works better if you do it according to what this book says. And they, they, they have that trust and they have that, that, that buy-in. And they say, yes, I want to do it. I, I, I promise you, I've literally led several couples to the Lord just through premarital counseling because the relationship has been there. And it's been amazing. Engaging, engaging. Some of us won't even take the first step because we feel like if I engage in that, well, I mean, you ain't never done this for me and you know, you're not a believer, so how, we, we, can't, we, we can't do that because we'll be unequally yoked. I mean, how can two walk together if they agree? Then, and listen, 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 all that's true, but there's a time and a place for that. And there's a context for that. And God, Jesus said, listen, I'm gonna give you two of the greatest commandments. The first one is the greatest, to love God. The second one is like unto Love your neighbor as yourself. In order for us to get there, we got to be willing to engage. Let's stand on our feet. I want to be very, very clear about what I'm asking today. I want to do this in two steps. First of all, step number one. If you're in this place and you have never received Jesus into your heart and you want to make him today your Lord and Savior. He's willing and ready to become your Savior. He, he wants to save your life. Yes, save, save me from what? Yes, it is true. Saving you from a, 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 a death and destruction and a, a life in eternal hell. But he also wants you to save you from your past and save you from your past sins and your past thoughts. And he can also save you from even things that are to come. He wants to be your Savior but he also wants to be your Lord. He wants, he wants to show you that, that life can, can be made new for you. 
And that if you do, just like the scripture says in Proverbs 3 and 5 and 6, trust in him with all your heart, lean not to your own understanding, but in all of your ways, begin to acknowledge him. He will direct your path. If you're here today and you say, I'm tired of walking this path by myself, I want to be led by the Lord. Just simply slip your hand up right where you stand, right where you are, right where you are. God bless you. Bless you. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anybody else? You don't have to be ashamed. You don't have to be fretful. You don't have to fear. God wants to come and be a personal Lord and Savior for your life. My, uh, my appeal number two. If you're in this place and you say, Pastor Devin, I, I want to be more sensitive so that I can be and, and begin to have practical conversations about God and about how I can lead someone to the Lord because I want to be a vessel used by him in this day and in this hour. If that's you, just simply raise your hand. Simply raise your hand. Amen. Hands up all over this place. And there should be more hands up. Let me be very, very clear. If you want to be used by God to draw others, if you have received Christ into your heart and you want to be greater and greatly used by God to draw others to him as well, lift those hands. If if that's you, lift those hands. Amen. (sighs) Amen. Put your hands down. We all have very special and, and, and specific need in this place. So I'm going to pray. Everyone, just lift your hands right where you stand. Just lift your hands. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Come on, in your own way, I want you to just begin to just ask the Lord, God, God, just give me the wisdom, give me the skills, give me the practicality to be more engaging. Some of you may say, well, that's just not my personality. I'm, I'm shy. I'm an introvert. Listen, God can use that introvert to minister to other introverts. God can, it doesn't matter what your, 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 your stigma, what your hangup is, what you may feel like you're inept to do. God can use whatever. People in the Bible began to give them those cues. God, well, I stutter when I talk. Well, I'm going to send someone with you that can talk freely for you. All I want you to do is be the leader and just go and lead them. Come on, begin to talk to the Lord. Ask him, ask him, ask him, ask him right now. God, give it to me. God, I'm, I'm yearning for it, oh God. I'm going to pray for the first thing. Father, I pray right now for those that lifted their hands to want to come to know who you are, God. You said in your word, Romans 10, 9 and 10, that if we confess with our mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. God, I pray right now, God, that even after this service is over, God, they would come forward and I will be down here at this altar, God, willing and ready to pray with them, to walk them through the sinner's prayer of repentance. But God, I just pray right now, God, that even as you're touching their heart, yourself known even the more to them so that God that, that, you, that you would become a real God a personal savior to them oh God come into their heart take up your abode now and forevermore in Jesus name and God I also pray God for every hand that was lifted in this place that have said God I want to be more engaging 
with the people around me so that I can be a, 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 a better witness for the kingdom of God so that I can have deeper relationships, oh God, with the people around me, whether it's in my family, whether it's on my job, whether it's in the community circle that I may frequent, oh God. I pray, God, that they will begin to realize that they have been called to be a light in darkness and that all they have to do is begin to engage and listen and that you will begin to instruct them and lead them in the way they are to go, what they are to say, what they are to do to impact that person for the kingdom of God, to show love to that person from God the Father. We thank you, O God, that we will begin to hear many testimonies and begin to see much fruit about what you're doing in the lives of these, your people, and how they are adding to the kingdom daily. In Jesus' name. Come on, somebody shout and get, put those hands together for Jesus and say amen. Our community at Revival Tabernacle aims to reach our city and beyond with the life-changing message of Jesus. Thank you for your support. If you want to further connect with us, you can find us online at www.revivaltab.org.